It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on this edition of Locked On Wizards, it's another crossover between the Wizards and Locked On Women's Basketball as we have host Erica L. Ayala back on the show. We are continuing to talk WNBA, but now focused on what's going on off the court. After the upsetting news that none of the police officers in Breonna Taylor's shooting would be found charged for murdering her with a two-page indictment, none that actually said her name and did not find any of them guilty, we are continuing the conversation around the elephant in the room. It's a heavy discussion here on Locked on Wizards that needs to happen as we discuss what the WNBA players and all athletes are doing off the floor to help be a part of this activism and fight for change. All that and more right here on our Friday edition of Locked on Wizards. You are Locked on Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Happy Friday and welcome to another edition of Locked on Wizards as we are wrapping up the week here on the show. I'm your host, Renee Washington, and back to join me again. We had the chance to talk to preview Thursday's games for the WNBA semifinals matchups. Well, she's back and we've got more to get into. It's Erica El Ayala, freelance multimedia sports journalist who hosts the Tuesday and Thursday edition of Locked on Women's Basketball. So hopefully you check that out on Thursday and host Founding Four podcast and the creator of Social Justice and Women's Sports on YouTube. Well, Erica, happy to have you back here. And I wish that we could have a better topic to discuss, but we have to continue the conversation around social justice. So before we get into the news that broke Wednesday around Breonna Taylor's murderers not being found guilty. I do want to get your thoughts on the way that the WNBA specifically has returned to continue to push the envelope and keep the conversation going around the need for change. Yes. Well, Renee, again, thanks for having me back. It's good to chat. Um, and the WNBA, I, I've, I've written about this and I've talked about this in a few different places, but the 2020 season for me is really a culmination of what has happened um, in the WNBA and, and definitely what has happened um, for individual WNBA players in the last four years. So if we flash back to 2016, unfortunately, there was another um, Minnesota man that was shot and killed by law enforcement, mm -hmm. and his name was Philando Castile. Now, the Minnesota Lynx at the time wore shirts that uh, on the front they read change starts with us that was the messaging that minnesota and they were the first team to kind of uniformly and and and, and unite to wear warm-up shirts in the wmba um and i think back now right four four seasons later change starts with us and i think that's the best way for me to describe what we're seeing now the wmba um the Indiana Fever, I want to shout out, the New York Liberty, the Minnesota Lynx, they've done things, and, and other teams as well, but those teams in particular, 
every year since 2016 have found ways in their market to have conversations about social justice, racial injustice, um, Black Lives Matter, et cetera, voting, voter education, and they've done workshops, um, know your rights campaigns, et cetera. So what we're seeing in 2020, and it, it just so happened that these players are in this bubble, or as we call, say in the WNBA, the wobble, mm-hmm. they're now all in the same place. And from talking to players like Lasia Clarendon in particular, the players on the executive committee, the WNBPA, their union, their players association, wanted to come into this season and make it more about basketball or more than, excuse me, wanted to make it about more than just basketball, I should say. And they really were, were able to do that. In, in a way that we haven't seen done consistently and across the board. And they started a social justice council that was created alongside the league. So this is not the WNBA a Players Association being in contention with their league. They're, both the PA and the league itself have brought things to the table to have these conversations. So again, change starts with us. I think the WNBA since 2016 and certainly in 2020 has shown what activism, what organizing can look like when done by not just athletes, but by professional sports leagues. And that is amazing. Yes, it is. It really is. And the biggest thing that I have been enjoying about what players are doing in across all sports, but specifically in basketball on the men's and women's side is just understanding and continuing to hold each other accountable and understanding that it's not enough to just wear a warm-up shirt. It's not mm-hmm. enough to just have a hashtag. You know, we are now being inundated with the constant reminder and the constant discussions around voting, around, um, you know, even in press conferences every single player and every single coach at some point is not only talking about the game, but is also talking about what's going on in society. Mm -hmm. And it is through that, that we're reminding people that we're not done yet. And I think that it's very convenient for people to act like they support, to post a black square back when we had blackout Tuesday or Mm -hmm. to post a hashtag when it feels like it's a fad. This is not a fad. This is not like a, a, a fashion statement in that sense. This is real life. Mm-hmm. And so what the players are doing is reminding people that it, just because you may not be hearing about it, Brianna Taylor was murdered six months ago. As you mentioned, Philando Castile, mur- that was four years ago that he was murdered. We're still having these conversations. Families are still mourning. Lives are still being lost. Change is still not happening. And mm-hmm. so I applaud what the players are continuing to do specifically to remind people that no, this is, this is, this is not okay. You know, we're, we're not going to sit back and sit in our wobble and just act like nothing is going on and turn a blind eye. And I loved even from, well, I hate to say loved because I don't want to love any of this. I wish it was just not happening, but I appreciate and respect the way that the WNBA players, even around Jacob Blake shooting with, you know, taking a knee and throughout the boycott, but also having shirts and speaking up and saying, this is why we're boycotting. You know, we're not just going to come out here, kneel, and then walk away. We're going to let you know why we're doing it. We're going to remind you why we're doing it so that you can't question and, and, you know, make up your own narrative. Here's exactly why we are continuing to push this envelope and, and continuing this conversation. And unfortunately, though, 
we're, we're still dealing with a lot of issues that have not changed. Now, I do know it's going to take time. This is not going to happen overnight. We're talking centuries, not decades, not years, not months, not weeks, centuries of corruption, racism, sexism, so many different issues in our country specifically, but in the world as a whole that need to be reversed and fixed and changed. And so from what you've been seeing in, in the press conferences and the conversations players are having as they're continuing to, to comment on what's going on, what have you seen that's encouraging that shows that some of these conversations are actually working? People are actually listening to help in any way they can be a part of change. There's so many things, to be honest, um, but for Lockdown Women's Basketball, I, I did a roundup again, just kind of uh, me and other media members talking to coaches, talking to players uh, about their reactions. And in talking and other media asking about the recent news that we got about the, the grand jury coming back and, and only indicting one of the officers and not for manslaughter or murder in relation to Breonna Taylor, but for what is known as um, wanton endangerment, mm. which essentially means that the reckless shooting into Breonna Taylor's apartment was not necessarily dangerous to Breonna Taylor or her boyfriend, but to everyone else in, in the neighborhood. Um, so anyway, the, the players had a reaction to that, but I also was asking players to think about this wobble season. And it's, it's not just that there was a social uh, justice council. It wasn't just that uh, teams like the Las Vegas Aces, for example, have 100% of their players registered to vote. It wasn't just players like Leisha Clarendon really talking about um, and, and putting people to task about performative allyship and, and et cetera. But it was also alongside the NBA Players Association having Zoom calls and conferences with Michelle Obama, with Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw from the African-American Policy Forum, with the families of Breonna Taylor, or Sandra Bland, and hearing from the families, mm -hmm. that education, making it personal, making sure that these athletes are not just wearing someone's name on their jersey. In the case of the WNBA, all players had Breonna Taylor on their jersey all season and through the playoffs. But making sure that just like uh, the, the, the WNBA logo, just like the team crest, that that means something, that they're truly playing for the memory and the honor of Breonna Taylor. And unfortunately, what her death signifies, that there are changes that have to happen. And the WNBA players, um, and all to varying degrees, um, but they have not only received this information from people who do this professionally, as I mentioned, African American Policy Forum, not only people who are very influential, like a Michelle Obama, but they're also synthesizing and making sure that all of this information gets to all of the players in the wobble and all of the coaches. And that is organizing. And it's something that Lasia Clarendon of the New York Liberty talked a lot about. And that for me, again, is what makes this much different than what we usually see in sports. And it's, it's really um, a great model for those of us who are very disheartened who are angry, 
who are hurt, who are broken by yet another grand jury deciding not to indict uh, on charges of murder or manslaughter. Um, for those of us who are looking to find our way and to use, uh, you know, the life that we still have to, to make change, the WNBA players are showing some of the steps, but they're also showing, which I think is equally important, if not more important, that this is tough work. It's emotional. Um, there are lots of systems involved. There's a lot of information that one has to has to receive. And so voting, registering to vote is a part of it. But when you commit yourself to justice, you commit yourself to finding justice um, and, and seeking justice for whether it's one family or all families impacted, that is a big undertaking. And I think, again, for me, that's an important message to share, not to dissuade anyone, but just like, hey, if you bout it, like, just like basketball or any other sport, you know, you don't win championships in a day. It's mm -hmm. work. It's work. I love that line because, you know, it is work and is understanding that just like, like you're saying, I love the analogy of a championship. A championship team doesn't just wake up one day and say, you know what? I think I'm ready to win a championship. You know, I think, I think it's time. I'm tired of losing. It's time for me to be a playoff right. team. It's time to win a championship. Exactly. It, it's not that simple. It's not that easy. It takes time to build the foundation of a winning culture of a championship team. It's the same thing here. So coming up here on Locked on Wizards, we're going to get into more around what the players are doing off the floor to help to push the conversation. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Erica L. Ayala, freelance multimedia sports journalist, host of Locked on Women's Basketball, host of Founding Board Podcast, and the creator of Social Justice and Women's Sports on YouTube, here on the show today for Locked on Wizards, as we are continuing to discuss the WNBA and how the players in the Wubble, as well as all athletes, have been helping to continue to push the conversation around the need for change. So Erica, for all of these conversations we're continuing to have, I know so many people are enraged and, and upset and disappointed, but unfortunately, it's just a reminder that we still have so, mu mm -hmm. so much to do. And I know I tweeted out, like, I'd like at some point to be surprised that our justice system gets it right. 
you know, I, I loved at some point to be surprised because now it's at the point where the verdict breaks. And, and, and as you mentioned, the verdict that came out, something, a couple things that stood out was the fact that, and someone actually pointed this out that I didn't even realize at first, they literally did not use her name, actually. The entire um, in, indictment and every, all the social, I mean, um, justice and judicial terms and all these terms that were used, none of them actually involved Breonna Taylor's name. You have this whole indictment around her murder, but you won't say her name, which is the exact aspect of what yeah. we've been saying is say her name and understand who she is, the person, you know, and then also on top of that, to see the way that only one officer was charged for wanton endangerment, which is the endangerment of a neighbor. What about, okay, forget the neighbor that's life was endangered. What about the life of the person that actually was lost? Mm. The life that was actually taken away from Correct. us. We're not even charging because of that. So in in this world, what message are you sending? Coaches get fired when they don't win games. Teachers get fired if they're not doing a good job in the classroom teaching. Doctors get fired from and sued for malpractice. But cops can kill someone and walk away and be given just a slap on the wrist. And to not even have any sort of charges, none. When you murdered someone, it just shows how far we still have to go. We have the so many people that are completely you know using their platforms to help push this message to for justice for brianna taylor and in my opinion almost was like their way of saying when whatever we don't care what you're saying we're going to continue to do things the way we've always done them in the good old boys club instead of listening and changing so i i enjoyed your piece about what the players have been doing to understand who brianna taylor was so that it's not just wearing a name just like posting a hashtag don't just post the hashtag if you don't fully understand the hurt the pain the agony the fight the tears beyond and behind that Mm. hashtag but there's definitely a need for more awareness more educating more knowledge more conversations and again as we're having this conversation specifically around the WNBA and, and what they're doing in the wobble but for all not only athletes but people to understand the power that we have to help be a part of change so for someone that is tired, like myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> and exhausted and, and hoping that we will see progress, you know, as we talk about looking back a year, four years, five years, the same things that Colin Kaepernick was kneeling for, the same things we were protesting, we are still protesting today. What do you think it is going to really take for real change to happen? This is just a completely speculatory question. Yeah. Um, but what do you feel like it's going to actually have to happen? for these conversations to turn into action and get to the point we no longer have to have them, but can start moving forward. Well, you know, I think another thing that we're starting to see athletes across the board really uh, proclaim proudly is that, you know, they are athletes, they're elite athletes, and they're very proud of that. But they're also citizens, citizens of, of the mm-hmm. United States, of, of other countries. They play, they wear those flags for the honor of, of the countries that they represent in international competition, in Olympics. And that in this country, in the United States, that means that they also have a, a right to speak, even when it means speaking about things that are uncomfortable to talk about, things that they want to be better mm-hmm. than, how, than what they currently are. And, and I love that. So the one thing that I would say is that you don't have to be an elite athlete to lean into your rights 
and and some would argue you know your your um kind of obligation um as as a citizen um i think that the wmba has also shown that there are a lot of different ways to do that for better or worse renee the the, the truth is that some people are not prepared and may not want to have conversations regarding um law enforcement killing with impunity um and and you know what that is for each individual to decide but there are things such as um that louisiana or excuse me louisiana um that louisville kentucky excuse me had no knock warrants so that law enforcement by signature of a judge can enter into your home without acknowledging their presence um, and without asking for permission that in this case the no-knock warrant put the the, the officers the, their lives in jeopardy because brianna taylor's boyfriend had a licensed firearm and ultimately it was fatal to brianna taylor herself so when you follow policies a little bit more closely when, you, when you're outraged by something and it can be there's unfortunately an, a number of things that that our political system takes care of whether it's the right to marry whether it is i mean there have been court cases you know rest in peace ruth bader ginsburg but part of what mm -hmm. um as a, as a young a lawyer a practicing attorney and and a professor some of the things that she fought for were um, laws that made caretaking solely the responsibility of women. And so if you were a man caring for an elder family member, you weren't entitled to some of the benefits um, and some of the financial support uh, that caretakers are offered through the government solely on the basis of sex, of gender. That's, that was Ruth Bader Ginsburg's work. And so mm -hmm. there's a little bit of, of homework that we have to do as active citizens. And, and it's very natural for that to start with the things that impact you and your immediate family first. But once we do that, it, I think it's, it's really important to also look at what are the privileges, what are the rights that I enjoy because of where I live? Uh, because of how I identify and are there ways that this country does not offer those rights and privileges to everyone equally and then maybe that's where where the work starts where you're advocating not just for yourself but for someone else um, because we all need to do that we need to you know honor and acknowledge our privilege and and fight for the rights that we have but also acknowledge that at any given point, in any given way that we identify, that there might be someone else that we can help as well. And I think the WNBA, again, has been a shining beacon of just that, that there's so many players that take a lot of what's happening personal, but there are, a lot, there are at least 20% of players that don't identify as black who are still committed to the message and to the movement. And that is beautiful. Yeah, and that is needed. So coming up, we continue discussing what is going on around the need for change, the fight for social justice, and how players, specifically the WNBA players, 
have been helping to keep the conversation going. Let me tell you guys about the delicious treat that's going to allow you to snack healthy. That's right. You can do both. If you know me, you know I have a sweet tooth. I enjoy cupcakes, cookies, brownies, all the sweets. And Built Bar actually has delicious flavors. Let me just run down some of my favorites. Cookies and cream, double chocolate, mint brownie, salted caramel. Yes, caramel, not caramel. And peanut butter brownie. Delicious. All bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And they're healthy. So it's great if you are on a keto diet or working to lose or maintain weight. You can do all that while snacking on a delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. And I definitely recommend Built Bar. So if you head over to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, you'll get $10 off your next order. Now you can save money, eat healthy, and eat delicious. Doesn't get any better than that. So go ahead on over to BuiltBar.com and try the best tasting protein bars. And I can guarantee you from me to you, you will not regret it. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Erica L. Ayala, freelance multimedia sports journalist and host of Locked on Women's Basketball, host of Founding Four Podcast and creator of Social Justice in Women's Sports on YouTube here on the show as this Locked on Wizards edition has been heavy getting into what needs to happen for social justice to become a reality and no longer just a topic we discuss as a focal point of conversation to be more than a hashtag more than a trending topic, more than a, a t-shirt or a movement, but reality. And I know we had Eric on the show yesterday as we were talking about the WNBA specifically around the playoffs, but we are continuing to discuss what the WNBA players are doing off the floor as well to help be a part of this much needed change in our social justice fight. You know, in order for, for real change to happen, it can't just be those that are representing the groups that are marginalized and that are disadvantaged that are speaking up because unfortunately it's very convenient for people to always assume like the angry black woman stigma Mm -hmm. it's very easy for people to always assume that if everyone that's cut from the same cloth is crying the same cry that it's them it's not you it's not us it's you it's your problem it's something you're doing wrong 
it's you that's that's having black on black crime. It's your problem that you have so many families on welfare or that are unemployed. It's your problem that you're seen this way in society where we know the truth that black people specifically have been disadvantaged from the moment we were brought over to this country on boats. Mm. We were, we've been behind, we've been playing catch up from our very first time setting foot on the ships when we had people's lives lost, not even surviving across the, the ocean as we were brought here unwillingly. And so, what you said is so powerful. And the only thing that I would add is it's not even catching up, right, Renee? It's yeah. actually having to maneuver because the end goal is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. And there is a level of um, arbitrary enforcement that unfortunately is as American as apple pie. And that is truly, again, going back to why it's important to understand and acknowledge privilege while also making sure to uh, enforce that the privilege that we enjoy, again, because of however we identify, is that privilege, um, well, I guess by way of it being called privilege, the answer is no, but uh, there's a difference between privilege and between rights that are built into our constitution. And I guess what I want to make sure that listeners um, are, are, and, and that they're empowered is that we do have this constitution. We have rights that all, not only all citizens, but all people within the United States have access to. And right. it behooves us all to fight and to ensure that the constitution, you know, the highest letter of our country is being enacted properly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's supposed to be checks and balances. And that's what is the biggest argument that we have is our government, our justice system, the checks and balances, the opportunity we're supposed to have for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and all these other, you know, great sounding lines that we've been told over the years. Mm-hmm. We have to make sure they actually are applicable and that we are having the chance to live freely and live as as citizens or or just as people within the country that are given the same types of opportunities and rights. So I definitely agree and, and I have been encouraged by the fact that we've been seeing so many players across leagues that have been collaborating. You know, I know I talked about it on Lockdown Wizards before, the Mystics and the Wizards focusing on them specifically, but the way that players have been working together because at the end of the day, regardless which sport you play, what, um, where you wake up in the morning, what you look like, who you are, how you're affected, whether you're black, white, male, woman, old, young, whatever it is, we are all fighting for just equality and justice. At the core root of all this is equality, justice, peace, and to be seen as a human. Mm. Not what we look like, not what we look like or what box we check in demographics, but to be seen fairly. And if you can't understand that, unfortunately, you're part of the problem, not the solution. So Erica, I really thank you so much for joining us on our Thursday edition. I know Fridays, this show was a little heavier, but it needed to be. It's heavy on us. It's, it's heavy for us having to live through this. And as we know, change happens whenever you are uncomfortable and the, it, it doesn't happen in the, the area code of your comfort zone. It's mm-hmm. the moment that we had these uncomfortable conversations, address the elephant in the room, that real change happens. So I know you're doing that on your shows. You're continuing to have conversations around social justice. Where can our listeners follow you? And any last um, pieces of 
either advice or thoughts that you'd like to share on the show for, for our listeners? Sure. Well, again, Renee, thank you so much for, for having me. This is such an important conversation. And I suppose I'll start with your second question first. The, the most important thing right now is to really sit in conversation. I loved how you, what you said about being uncomfortable and, and that's not, uh, you know, being in the zip code that we're, that we're most comfortable in. And I think that's so important. And we have to go through this phase and, and have patience with ourselves and each other. As we as we usher through uh, this phase of of discomfort, but hopefully uh, we can empower everyone listening to not be overwhelmed by that discomfort, and and to build up your team um, so that you know together we are strong and mighty and and can make change. As far as where you can find me, of course, I have to plug Locked On Women's Basketball, Mm -hmm. uh, where I host the show on Tuesday and Thursdays. And right now, Thursdays are dedicated to social justice. So we're having these conversations specifically um, in how they play out in women's basketball. And I'm excited because the college season, there's so many colleges and universities, basketball teams that have really um, taken up the mantle as well. And so as we move into college season, I'm excited to uplift that as well. And for me on social media, you can find me at elindsay08. That's E-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-0-8. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me for our Locked On Women's Basketball, Locked On Wizards collaboration here, Erica. It's been a pleasure having you on the show back-to-back days. And I thank you all for listening to another edition. I hope that you feel a little bit more empowered, encouraged, and motivated to help us as we are all continuing to push the conversation. So I hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy watching sports. And I'll see you back for more on Locked On Wizards on Monday. Washington out. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.